What's going on, guys? And Chase Trophy Kids, we got an awesome show for you. Talking a little NFL draft. Jameis Winston signing with the Saints. The Last Dance documentary review for episodes three and four, and some final thoughts. So let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is April thirtieth, and we are back in action. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing fantastic. How are you? Doing great. We've had. Honestly, a solid weekend of sporting events, not obviously games, followed by a potentially awesome weekend, not this weekend, but upcoming, with the UFC announcing that they're going to do fights on May 9th, then that following Wednesday, and then that following Saturday, apparently on the beach in Jacksonville. So the sports world is starting to get warmed up, oil oil the knees up, get ready to go, do some stretching, <laughs> getting us prepared for potentially some sports coming down the road. We'll have a little bit more on that, but uh, I had a I had a pretty good sporting ish weekend, I will say. Yeah, it was good. It was good to have you know that like four day five yeah four day stretch, like literally like twenty hours when you include how long the NFL draft is. <laughs> um, so it was just nice to have that. Nice to kind of get your mind off all the uh, BS going on in the world and just remember that sports are attempting to come back, whether we are allowed to go or not. I don't really care at this point. Just bring them back. Yep. I'm with you. Well, Fauci today was up on there. It was either today or yesterday. He said that it's possible that we'll be able to do mass testing. Like every person who wants to get a test can get a test by end of May, early June, which is literally the only way we're going to get. I don't think we're going to get college sports because I think it's going to be super hard to be like, even yep. though, and that's another story. We're kind of bouncing all over the place with the NCA saying kids can get paid for their likeness. And like the most all time, like everybody kind of saw it in the sporting world blew up about it a little bit, but we also kind of moved on because there's like aliens were confirmed yesterday and we all just kind of were like, yeah, whatever. It's 2020. Like, fuck it. We moved on. We didn't even like blink an eye. <laughs> like the government was like, let's distract these fools and confirm aliens are out there. And we didn't even blink an eye. We just moved right on. Same thing with the NCA being like, hey, we can play players for the likeness. We just moved right on. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it was just like the aliens is just like, <laughs> humanity right now is just like you know we don't even need we don't need that right now just get that out of here um and yeah it really wasn't that big of a story you would expect it to have been a bigger story but it really wasn't um i do think it's a bummer i believe it starts like in a year right so trevor lawrence misses out yep 2021 (laughs) academic year i believe yeah that's a bummer for him he'll make his money anyway but still i mean you could cash in now Yeah. yeah Well, it was obviously a very big apparently because I think it was Monday, I want to say, I don't know, earlier this week, uh, the guard who had committed to UCLA decommitted to go to the G League, and that was just another pin dropping. And I think the NCAA was like, ah, oh, fuck, we got a real, we got a real problem because football, obviously, yeah. there's nobody, there's no developmental league, so they have nowhere else to go. But basketball, there's a really big problem um, with that. So I think that helps solve some of it. Obviously, I think players. I didn't really see too much into it, like if they set a limit or not, because, you know, I'm sure we're going to get that commercial right. where it's like <laughs> some kid is basically just sponsored by every car dealership in the state of Alabama, like the number one recruit or whatever, if there's no limit yeah. to it. But um, it was it's a step in the right direction, I will say. Of course, Danny Cannell, the party pooper he is, had to come out and be like, you know, this doesn't mean we're getting the NCAA games back because you're not going to pay every player and there's no collective bargaining and unions. It's like, shut up, Danny. Just let us have a moment here where we can imagine yeah, well, it. <laughs> exactly. Let's have a moment. Um, but I do think that an issue we could see with this is it just like 
five particular players are the ones who are cashing in the most. Oh. Um, that's something. I mean, you know, you think about like when Johnny was around or when Baker was playing, like those guys would have been huge compared to just they would have been like at their own percentile compared to everyone else. So that's where I think an issue could arise. A hundred percent. And I think the other thing to think about, like, I think a lot of players think like, Oh, I'll be able to cash in, especially if like, if I was a freshman right now on like the Alabama yeah. football team or something like, Oh, I'm going to cash in. But really you're probably not like, you might get a little money um, from like licensing deals or something like that. But it's only the top, tier guys that are still going to make money especially if you go to a no-name school like unless you're the guy and they're selling your jersey you're probably right. not going to be making a lot but it's still something more than what you were getting before this and the potential to get something is there which i think is is a net positive uh in the exactly. but definitely gonna yeah. be some kinks to work out on that um mm-hmm. so that was big news but the biggest news which we haven't been able to talk about we might as well break right into was the nfl draft First off, favorite part of the NFL draft, winner and loser columns coming out the day after it finishes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Haven't seen a guy step on the field yet. Didn't even get to see, like, workouts or anything, really, because of coronavirus. <laughs> but we're already declaring winners and losers off drafts where half the guys probably won't be in the league in three years. But, hey, let's crown some dudes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just the, just the immediate reaction, the immediate takes. It's just so funny because everyone knows that you need – two to three years really to evaluate a draft class two to three years minimum um but yeah i mean i think uh, cbs sports actually was doing immediate grades for each pick which is fun but it's just yeah. like really i mean you don't know like come on no but um yeah it's just yeah they have no idea but it's just that's just what they do at this time and uh, you know they're stupid but i'll still read them <laughs> oh hell yeah i'll still in my mind like i go bucks yep winner call it now like, <laughs> yeah. in my mind to do it because that's what the draft is it is injecting hope into us like because we yes. all i have the hardest time every draft i watch i fall in love i'm like john gruden i love every player i'm like oh yeah this guy is for sure gonna hit even though i know every year we draft what there's 255 new players not even including unsigned guys that enter the nfl plus all the guys already there and leaving like the rock it's just so hard to make teams and like your back end guys probably aren't gonna make it. Your front draft picks may or may not pan out. Like we all have stories of guys we thought yeah. were gonna make it and didn't pan out, whether it was injuries or you know, they leave a the discipline of college and they just aren't as disciplined and they blow up weight wise or they blow up drinking and party wise or whatever it is. But oh, yeah. it's still awesome. I still love it. I watched every second of it. I was surprised it didn't have more difficulty outside of like Roger Goodell literally being a robot. Hell, Roger Goodell oh, might be the alien that was flying around in that plane the end or the they released the other day. Like that was some awkward shit. Yeah, Roger Goodell, personality-wise, he is a zilch. Um, he's, you know, he's had a ridiculous amount of success. His his salary is unreal. Which, by the way, I hear he's not taking a salary now. Yeah. Whoop to do? You make fifty million a year. Oh wow, what a what a sacrifice. Um, <laughs> anyways but yeah his personality it's terrible and then him him talking to the fans the fake fans on the, on the tvs behind them you know he's doing school you know he's stolen with the viking fans i mean that's, it was awful to see that um but overall guy virtually. yeah yeah i mean that was weird um but overall i'll give the nfl credit their virtual draft and give espn and nfl network credit the virtual draft i, I liked it actually i thought it was cool seeing um the coaches and the GMs 
it was hilarious seeing Belichick and his dog, and he wasn't even there when the pick was made. <laughs> um, that was hilarious. Um, my only complaint, and it's really a small complaint, was I was getting really annoyed because I actually really liked this guy as an analyst, but I was so annoyed with Lewis Riddick's delay. It was pissing oh, me off. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> i like his commentary and i was like god this is just awkward yep that was that trey wingo's awkward looking trey wingo was also super awkward like at times he was like Dude, you love by day him. three he looked dead he looked dead <laughs> yeah. i saw him with the camera i was like oh my gosh he did not look at the first day in that all pinstripe suit oh and i like trey but because he's just like the so goofy, he's like he reminds you of your goofy dad or like uncle or whatever who just like sort of knows sports, but you don't really feel like has a firm grasp on all of it at this point, but also doesn't really give a shit because he's done his time. Right. But yeah. yeah. And he was coming up with some weird phrases like the, if you love to see a human beings abused, it's like, mm. I don't feel like that was the right <laughs> phrase, but I get where you're going on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like say, you know, if you love to see violence on the football field, say something along those yeah. lines, not just human beings getting abused. <laughs> That just doesn't sound good. Mix that with like the absolute tragedy porn that ESPN loved to just put on us with every single pick where it was like this dude's mother and daughter were addicted or this dude lost all six of his brothers in a fiery car accident where they cried out (laughs) for his name. Like just the most – like I get it. They're good personal pieces but not – every like did they just have him fill out a questionnaire like what is your worst life experience like, yeah every draft pick we're gonna put that out there describe the worst day of your life like something like that yeah on the best I mean, day yeah, of we, your life <laughs> yeah yeah let's bring up let's bring up something awful in your best moment <laughs> yeah like they're all obviously watching the tv they're all excited and then they all look up and it's like oh well i forgot about my brother johnny like of course they still remember that like that's in the back of their mind they don't need the reminder yeah i did think that um the live feed into the players' homes was kind of awkward in ways. Yes. Um, whereas it didn't feel awkward seeing the coaches and the GMs on their live feed. But for whatever reason, the players just seemed kind of intrusive and awkward to me. Well, dude, that's got to be – I was talking to my roommate about this. Like, that has to be one of the biggest letdowns ever. Like, you think if you're, like, Joe Burrow or Chase Young, you're like, I'm going to be the number one, number two pick in the NFL draft. It's going to happen in Vegas – so I'm going to get my media yeah. done super early because I'll be able to, like, I'm done. I know right away when I'm getting picked, I'll be able to blow, blow through kind of the media tent and be able to get out into Vegas that night. No, I'm just stuck now in my home in Athens, Ohio, or, like, wherever in Maryland Chase Young's from with my parents. And it's just, like, it isn't the same. Like, that does suck. <laughs> yeah. Like, for example, I know Chase Young already bought a Rolls Royce, which is great, good yeah. for him. But imagine if he was in Vegas when he was drafted. He could have blown <laughs> – you know, I'm not advocating blowing money, but he could have had a lot of fun. <laughs> this definitely absolutely saved players because the amount of trouble that people probably would have gotten into in Vegas and the stories immediately and then the bad publicity of like, oh, this, they drafted a troublemaker because this is what he did the night he got drafted like in Vegas. So that, <laughs> that probably definitely helped, um, but still a bummer for the kids. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's actually get into the draft itself. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about your Redskins there, bud? Because there's a team in your division that absolutely slayed the draft. So we'll start with your Redskins to, to get a Yeah, game. there was a team in my division that really did. Yeah, but um, Skins, I thought overall it was a fine draft. I'm not going to say it was like I'm not super excited about the draft. Obviously, I love the Chase Young pick. Anyone could have made that pick. That pick is going to be awesome. I think Chase Young is a guaranteed 12-plus sacks a year. I really think he has that potential. Um, so I love that pick. 
Unfortunately, we didn't have a second round pick, which hurt us, but we just have to look at it as, you know, Montez Sweat, who we moved it back into the first round last year. We have to, have to kind of look at him as our second round pick. And I mean, with Chase Young, I imagine Montez Sweat's just going to be even better. I think that's really like the future for our edge is just unbelievable. And our just defensive line or defensive line, front yeah. in general. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally everyone along the line, including then you include Ryan Kerrigan, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, they're all first rounders. Every single guy on the line is sick. Um, I, but it wasn't like a blow me away kind of draft. I didn't love our third round pick. I didn't, I don't like how we're picking a, a tweener when it comes to running back um, wide receiver. A tweener is just always kind of scare me. Isaiah Simmons in general kind of scares me. Just bring up the draft. Cause he's a tweener. Those tweeners scare me, but you know, I'd give him, I'd give him a B, no, that's B fair. draft. That's absolutely fair. I will say this. We didn't address tight end, which is just yeah. blasphemous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and the uh, Packers apparently decided that their biggest need, well, maybe not their biggest needs, but a very large need was just not going to go addressed at all through the draft. So why yeah. not? you might be able to pick up one of the, who's the team? Is it the Bears? They have like eight tight ends on their roster right now. So maybe they you do. pick up one of them. None of them but, really attract me, but yeah. No. I mean, we, we got we picked up Thaddeus Moss, which I love the name. Is- I'm, I'm going to get... I'm going to get excited to see Randy in a Redskins hat. Oh, you know, that would be nice. Thaddeus Moss, zero drops last, or this past season. So, that's yeah. a little stat. Um, the broken foot mm-hmm. isn't great. I will say no, this because it kind of goes to the Chase Young, the Joe Burrow. I noticed this in the first round. The first round to me this year didn't seem as crazy, and I honestly think it's because peop- GMs and coaches were just locked at home, and they didn't overthink this. Like, the word after the draft is GMs were like, oh, my God. I can have like a work life balance, somewhat of a work life balance. Cause that was the other thought that was going through my head. Cause kids were always in the screens. Like, this is the most time they spent with their kids, probably since their birth. Oh, yeah. NFL coaches yeah. never see their kids. But a lot of the GMs were saying about like reevaluating how they evaluate talent and how they usually spend the offseason because they just didn't put as much time. And I think it led to just not overthinking. I think you can make the argument for almost every team in the first round, almost, um, that the pick they made was honestly solid. It might not pan out, but like the prospect yeah. of it made sense. And I'll agree that I think the Redskins did great. The team I'm alluding to too, since we got it out of the way is Dallas. I oh mean, yeah. CD lamb falling to them at 17 yeah. was absurd. And then Trayvon Diggs is pretty solid corner out of Alabama. And the rest of their draft was pretty good for a team that normally I don't have great thoughts about Jerry Jones. Also, when Jerry Jones showed up on my screen, I thought he was in a bunker. I didn't know he was on his yacht. I thought he like yeah. bought a bunker in Montana and was just hanging out there. <laughs> I kind of did too. I was like, then when I found him on his yacht, I was like, oh, all right, that makes sense. But yeah, I did. I was like, where the hell is he? Like, what a weird <laughs> room to have in your mansion. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But the the draft for the Cowboys was very very impressive draft. Um, I don't think CeeDee Lamb was a need, but it's also like, why not? He's by far the best player on the board. No one expected him to fall that far. I mean, I, you know, just kind of off topic here, crushed it on my wagers. And I did wager him to go past, you know, 12 and a half, but I didn't think he'd fall all the way to Dallas. Um, Trayvon Diggs is a good player. I actually have a few questions about him. He kind of strikes me, and this player's fine. He's had a good career, but he kind of strikes me as like a Drake Kirkpatrick where he may have benefited really well from playing in an Alabama defense. Not saying that Drake Kirkpatrick isn't a good player because he is, but he was a first round pick. You kind of expect your first round pick maybe to go to a pro bowl or two. I think Diggs could be kind of similar to that, 
But that's just my opinion on the guy. I'm not some talent evaluator anyway. Um, but still, for him to – I didn't expect Diggs to actually fall that far. So, uh, yeah, those first two picks for Dallas are nice. Killer. And I forgot to bring this – two points. One, I thought of that immediately when C.D. Lamb fell. I was like, thank you for helping me cash that ticket because you were the one who <laughs> you were like, bet the over 12 and a half. So that was a win. I also got yep. the first three yep. right, which was a nice little – bonus too um i forgot to mention this about chase young i think you're absolutely right in the realistic of the 12 i said this about chase young and why this pick is so good because at bare minimum barring injuries that offer his career chase young is a guy who'll make a living in the nfl and be a solid player that's his bare minimum floor like he's not gonna suck (laughs) no his ceiling is hall of famer like <laughs> yeah. one of the greatest defensive ends ever. So it's like the ceiling is like Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. You can't miss. I don't think you can miss on that barring once again, injuries like derail his career. But like that was a no brainer pick, which was a good pick by the Redskins. The Cowboys had a good draft. The one, the team who did not. And since we're sort of going in the directions of winner and losers, I was I ran to my TV on Friday morning when the Packers drafted Jordan Love because I w- I don't generally tune into like a first take but I was like I want to see yeah. what these dudes are talking about and man did they hate that pick but Max Kellerman had the wildest take now when Jordan Love was drafted I initially thought that's hilarious because now Rodgers is in the position he was in in a very similar yes. position when Brett Favre when he was drafted and Brett Favre was there. But honestly, if you're the Packers, I'm thinking, okay, the worst thing is to not have a succession plan at quarterback. Like, we know that in the NFL. When you have a great quarterback and you have no succession plan, it does not lead itself well because you are not going to probably have a high draft pick in that quarterback's last year with your team because you're probably going to do good enough to be a little deeper and have issues. So if there's a guy you really like, why not draft him? Because he can sit behind somebody, learn the offense. Because Jordan Love still, I'm I didn't see a lot of Jordan Love play. I've seen very minimal right. of his highlights, so I can't speak a ton to him. But everybody seems to be pretty high on him. He obviously has some issues, though. He needs some coaching. You have a new head coach. It sort of makes sense. But then <laughs> Max Kellerman said, and this is the part that killed me: If Love does not turn out to be a Hall of Famer, it is a bus pick. What? So you're telling me if he won Super Bowls and was just an average quarterback, a top 15 quarterback maybe, every year for 10 years for the Packers, retired a Packer, not the best quarterback, but a decent enough quarterback to win you Super Bowls, you're telling me that's a bust? <laughs> what the f- What crack pipe are you smoking? I mean, I get it. Like, it probably, like, in the grand scheme, looking in hindsight in the draft, I thought they'd probably go get a wide receiver and get some Aaron Rodgers some help later in the draft, which they didn't. But, like, yeah. That seemed insane to me. Hall of Fame or consider this pick a bust. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Especially when, I mean, obviously Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers are both Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but combined they only have two rings. Right. One ring each. Um, so what he's saying is if if he's a Tony Romo with a little more playoff success, it's a bust. Like, right. come on. That's <laughs> like, insane. I mean, that's psycho. Phil Rivers? Dumb. Is he a Phil Rivers? Yeah. He's a bust? <laughs> Andrew Luck? Yeah. He's a bust? <laughs> yeah. Awful take. Terrible take. Um, I didn't love the pick for the pack. Um, oh, I forgot. And he also it, followed up by saying, it's not good to be good enough. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> good to be good enough. Uh, I wrote it down. 
I mean, I get it. But if he's good, I'm going to yeah. take that because it's so hard to hit the quarterback position. It's so hard to nail the quarterback position. If you have a good quarterback, I don't care how you acquired him. That is a commodity. Yeah, I do agree. Um, it, especially, it's hard to hit the quarterback position. I know the Packers did it with Rodgers, but past like pick five. And even then, it's still hard to hit on it. Um, the only thing that I that's weird about the pick, I know like there is the comparison between Rodgers and Favre, how they're both in the same position, but with Favre, it was a little different because Favre had been mulling retirement for like three years. Yeah. Um, where Rodgers has been saying, you know, I want to play till I'm at least 40. Now he is, I believe, 36, so 40 will be here soonish. But if you pick Love, that kind of means Rodgers can't play for you for the next four years. Um, kind of means that, not necessarily, but you would expect Love to play within the next two years, I would say. Maybe yeah. Rodgers gets two more full seasons, but then you kind of got to move on, I would think. Yeah, and I think if it, if it was me, it makes sense from the aspect of we'll give him two years Love. Yeah. And if he's really bad, like, you're like, shit, we really missed on this guy. He'll probably have, I don't know if he'll have a ton of trade value because he'll have film on him by that point. But who's to say whoever they picked at that point, I guess we'll know because they could have picked a wide receiver and we'll know the wide receivers at this point because the wide receiver class was so deep. I just, oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely got a hit. That's probably the biggest problem is you do only have two to three years with Rodgers and then you got to figure out what you're going to yeah. do. Yeah. And he didn't help him at all. And your and your second pick was a backup running back. I mean, that one was bad. I like AJ Dillon from a I bet yeah. on I bet on the on Boston College because of him and his ability to muck up games. And if you want to go the Derrick Henry route, and he's not Derrick Henry, but I'm talking about just pound the ball and then have a quarterback that's half decent, maybe that pans out, but I don't know. There there were some running backs on the board that you could have gone out and got in the second round. Um yeah, I don't and know. wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah wide. That was the most baffling part because I initially was like, you know what, this is a super deep wide receiver draft. If they drafted Love with the first pick, I have no problem going. We love this guy. We're betting that he's going to work, and then you go get a wide receiver to help. But the fact right. that they didn't do that now makes the Love pick harder to digest because now yeah. it's like, well, fuck. He does sort of have to be. He has to be good. He doesn't have to be great, but he has to be good enough that he can take over the job from Rodgers oh, yeah. in two to three years, which will be tough, but <laughs> that's all I got. Now, I mean, that's kind of what the Packers do, though. Like, if you remember when Favre, well, first he went to the Jets, so there was that year between where they never played each other, but the first year that Favre went to the Vikings, he was kind of still better than Rodgers, and the Vikings beat the shit out of the Packers. Yeah. Now, the next year, the Packers, that was when Rodgers just literally took off and they smoked far far really old but the Packers will kind of move on from a quarterback even if their quarterback's better but they know that their backup has you know, the same potential so they'll they'll do it yeah you know? it's like the Belichick thing it's like he'd rather move on from a guy one year too early than one year too right. late and try to have some form of succession because right now this is the part that this is why I like to pick if if he turns out to be good you give him two years where he doesn't have to start if he has to if so many teams have a great quarterback. That quarterback goes to shit or they get rid of him. And then whoever they draft as a rookie has to be thrown into the wolves right away. And some people believe, like, hey, throw them to the fire, see if they can see if they can make it out. That makes them stronger. But there's a lot of quarterbacks that just get brutalized. And that there is yeah. a thing to, like, if your confidence gets completely shattered, especially at the quarterback position, you start to see ghosts. It really can off-rail your development. So I don't hate 
getting a guy that you think will be good, sitting him back behind a Hall of Famer, and letting him yep. just learn the playbook, grow with the head coach, figure out what his strengths and weaknesses are, just through practicing, never really showing any tape, and then draft to kind of make his succession a little better in the next two years. Not a terrible strategy. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, and the people that are like, well, they made it to the the um, they were just shot of the Super Bowl. It's like, I mean, they kind of were, but they got smoked by the Chiefs, so they weren't that close. <laughs> Yeah, which leads to the hey, we should get him some some help. But once again, I sort of liked every pick in this first round. One thing I don't know since we're staying on the quarterback position, how'd you feel about that Jalen Hurts pick by the Eagles in your division? Um, I was happy they made that pick because I, I don't think that was a necessary pick for them at all, um, especially when you give Carson Wentz like hundred forty million dollars. Um. It, it's kind of weird. The one kind of interesting thing I saw, I don't think this is actually worth it, but as we've talked about before, like we don't think there's going to be a college season this year. Um, so outside of Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be really hard to evaluate quarterbacks. So maybe, maybe someone will throw Philly next year. It's hard to imagine them throwing a first round pick for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So I don't really know if they could, yeah, I don't really know if they could actually profit off of this. So, Unless they have him running some Taysom Hill role, which I, I don't really even believe in. I don't think you believe in it. No. Um, <laughs> I don't really see the point of drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round. I, I like Jalen Hurts a lot, too. Um, I'm kind of mad he went to Philly because I hate Philly. But yep. it's, it's an odd pick. I like Hurts because, one, he seems to be a great leader. Two, he's shown mm-hmm. the ability to learn two very completely different offenses in a relatively right. quick – like the Alabama offense is night and day difference to the Oklahoma offense. <laughs> And he was yeah. able to execute both at a pretty good level. Um, I, I didn't understand it because Carson Wentz had like 4,000-plus yards passing last season and not a single wide receiver, yeah. I think, had over 500 yards for him. Like, he's a good quarterback. You just invested a ton of money in him. The only thing I could imagine is – and I heard this is not my original theory. I forget who said it. Somebody was on one of the talk shows and said it, was with coronavirus – you are afraid that your starting quarterback might catch it and to have a backup quarterback is a bit of a premium. And given you don't want to go out and sign somebody super expensive in free agency, why not take Jalen Hurts in the draft? And if you develop him, he may become a piece that you can move. Like say Carson Wentz is probably going to get hurt at some point. He comes in and balls just for a four-year span. You can sort of do the Matt Castle thing or pick any, Matt Flynn, whatever, but – well, if he comes in and balls, you may get a first then. Right. I mean, yeah. So it there is some potential value. The Taysom Hill thing, I think, is absolute crap. I think they'll probably use him in that capacity to get him on the field and do the threat and try to yeah. be creative. But I don't think you draft a guy at that spot to have him play a Tyson Hill role. That just that doesn't that doesn't sit with me. Going a little off topic, by the way, can you believe that Taysom Hill got two years, twenty one million dollars, sixteen million guaranteed? Good for him, but what are the Saints doing? Funniest part about that, today announced officially Jameis Winston's now on the team for like a million bucks or whatever. <laughs> Jameis Winston has completed more more passes to Saints players than Taysom Hill has completed at this point. <laughs> which makes that contract insane at this point. <laughs> Absurd. Now, I mean, we love the bash Jameis, but Jameis Winston has done a hundred times more things in his career than Taysom Hill. Yes. He threw for 5,100 yards last year. Let's not forget that about Jameis. And hey, man, he got LASIK, so now he can see the linebacker out in the flat. He might be good. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he might be good. <laughs> I, it seems like the Saints' succession plan is Taysom Hill and not Jameis Winston. I am. I don't know what they're doing there. Which also shout out to Jameis for like the kid who comes back for summer camp and was like, "No, nah, dudes, I totally had a girlfriend. She just lives in like <laughs> over." Jameis Winston be like, "No, nah, I had an opportunity to be a starter and make bank." But I took this one year, like one million dollar deal to be a backup to a backup who's apparently the future of this organization with a two year, twenty two million dollar contract. To a backup to who is a like a Tim Tebow type player. Like, <laughs> come on, come Absolutely on, insane. But it does scare the crap out of me now that Jameis can see and he's going to go to Sean Payton and like Drew Brees. There's a part of me that's like, great, watch this dude. Like Drew Brees gets hurt again or something, and Jameis just comes in and yeah. fucking lights it up that's that's the thing is like the saints claim that their succession is going to be Taysom hill but if, if drew Brees gets hurt Jameis is gonna go play quarterback yeah like it's just, it's weird they're a weird team like why are they why do they say that but however also i would love to see Taysom hill actually get like a legit shot it would be interesting i don't i think he'd fail but i it think it would well. be interesting i agree it would be it'll <laughs> Taysom Hill's going to end up being like a 30 for 30. Like, what if I told you this white dude who does not really play quarterback completed seven passes so far in his career, got a two-year, two $22 million contract, and then was the succession plan to a Hall of Famer. Um, they let go of Teddy Bridgewater for him and then signed Jameis. Um, yeah, I, it would be funny. I mean, it would be a hell of an experiment to see, like, if that type like, – I think it would last – three weeks but. yeah like a tim tebow type of player could legitimately make it because that's a great comparison that's who he is he's tim tebow just yeah. not as electric from college <laughs> and more willing to play other positions yeah which tebow was not really um any other thoughts on the on the draft just sort of circling back um nothing major just some teams that had really good drafts in my opinion the vikings they had a billion picks yep. um they These had a great draft um like a billion yeah, they did. Um, the Cardinals, I thought, had a very good draft. Um, and just side note, I'm very happy, even though we didn't get much out of it. I'm happy Trent Williams is gone. That saga is over. I will be more happy next year when we have an extra third-round pick because I think third-round picks have like real value to them. So I'm yeah. glad we at least got that because I thought we were literally just going to get like a fifth. But um, no, nothing, nothing major. What about you? I was just going to say, how would you feel about that Trent Williams uh, trade? Because – one, the 49ers, yeah. I mean, if Trent Williams comes back, I think it's always tough for linemen to come back and be good if they've sat a full season. But, I mean, Trent Williams is fantastic. He's also playing with Richard Sherman right. now, which is hilarious. Or no, sorry. That is funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. God, I had You're some, right. Yeah, I was like, shit, yeah, no, he's still there. Um, <laughs> Which is funny. And you got some real value out of it. I will say one team that I absolutely loved their draft – the Baltimore Ravens. I think Patrick Queen is going to be a stud mm -hmm. at linebacker. And J.K. Dobbins, mixed with Mark Ingram in that backfield, with Lamar Jackson, just seems like a recipe for potential disaster. Um, but, yeah, Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen and Patrick Kevin Murray, yeah. I think, are just going to be two guys that we hear a lot about for a while. And Patrick Queen has that potential to just be continue on the Raven kind of linebacker factory that it is. Yeah, I mean, they got two receivers that can now just – fly that offense in general is so fast um the ravens are always drafting well even i mean ozzy newsome used to have amazing drafts i think the yep. gm now is eric eric da costa i think is his name um right. he's yeah I, ozzy ozzy like trained him his last year like the ravens are just a very well-run organization yeah they did have a very good draft 
Yep, them and the Chiefs getting uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Now I'm mm-hmm. just like, yeah, he's going to be fantastic, I'm sure. Like Andy Reid probably just drafted an absolute stud to go into an offense that Absolutely. didn't need another stud. But what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's kind of it I got in football. We had the MJ documentary still rolling mm-hmm. on, which we didn't get a chance to talk about last week. And this week had the most electric player in Dennis Rodman starring. First of all, can we talk about Dennis Rodman? If he was, if he was a player today, can you imagine him being and be like, "Yeah, I'm going to go to Vegas for forty, not more than forty-eight hours, taking a Miller Light, drinking it after a game, and then getting on a motorcycle and just driving off." Like some of the shit he did. Like, thank God he played in that era, and he was a baller too. I feel like some people, like so many people who aren't really like big sports fans, just remember him for like his off the court antics, which apparently Bill Simmons thinks he's uninteresting, which is another insane take from the old man population. Um, But he was a just absolute baller from a defensive rebounding standpoint. I didn't understand the science, how much he went into it, and like watching for spin rates and stuff, but super fascinating. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like, just like getting in, they you know they picked his brain about it and how he would talk about studying. You know how the ball bounces, how it spins, how he knows. You know if Michael's shooting here, if he's gonna miss, it's most likely gonna come over here. How he just knows that type of stuff. That's crazy. That's pretty cool. Apparently, he was just like obsessed with rebounding yeah. um, to the point almost where I hear it really made his offensive game lack. Which, which I we've always known he didn't have much of an offensive game, but apparently he was so obsessed with rebounding. That's why he kind of sucked on offense. Obviously, they didn't need him really on offense, no. but actually, yeah, he's, he's a wild dude because he didn't have an offensive oh, yeah. ego when you got Pippen and Jordan exactly. before, which worked in their favor then. Could have helped the yeah. Pistons in the last couple of years, but if he had an offensive game, but for the Bulls, right. it probably worked out better. Yeah, I mean, just and like you said, it was it, it, when he played, it was a good time to kind of hide what he was really up to, uh, even though they still have some of it on camera and stuff. But yeah, yeah. today it, it just it just wouldn't work. Uh, the NBA was just nuts back then. I mean, those games are crazy. I mean, Scottie Pippen's just getting destroyed, and Michael's just getting just hacked. Like you see some of these fouls, and you're like, that was, like you get suspended. Like you couldn't even do that. Yeah, it's just crazy. But yeah, legitimately get tossed out of games and suspended for like five to ten games for some of that shit. Like that's what I. One of the notes I wrote down is like we always hear about like how crazy because we we obviously were not. We were in diapers to the back end of this. Well, maybe not diapers, but we were very small yeah. children during the back end of this. So all we have is like clips and like hearsay of like, oh, the game was so crazy physical. But that episode, the episodes last week really gave, which is cool for like our generation, a real look into just how much the sport has changed. Probably for the better-ish in some aspects. Probably not for the better-ish in some aspects. Like health of players yeah. and longevity of careers like is way better. Like, we would not have Curry. Like, Curry would die at this point in oh, the NBA. No. Like, oh. people like that would not have, like, his career, like, we wouldn't have seen his career. But it is cool just to see how crazy physical and how much different the game was back then. And it gives you more respect for, like, people that you see as coaches now that played back then. Like, for example, Steve Kerr. Um, Scott Brooks. You look at them and you kind of, they they kind of look like dopey dudes. You know, I mean, I know they're they have more athleticism in their fingers than we do, but they look kind of dopey. But then you feel like you're like, whoa, these guys fucking played in that era. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. they're not dopey. <laughs> yeah, I got way more respect for Phil Jackson coaching in a 
a league where mm. the mayor just shot a ref. Like, oh my god, that was insane. Yeah. We need an episode on his LSD trip and more about that league down in Puerto Rico. Like when they just so casually were just like, yeah, the mayor just shot a ref in the leg, and then we just moved yeah. on. <laughs> and moving on, I was like, um, what? <laughs> Can we get a thirty for thirty or something? A side episode about what's going on down there? Yeah, did, did the game continue? <laughs> Um, and they, they were just like, yeah, he wasn't allowed back. Uh, no kidding. Like, how did he not go to jail? There's a good policy. Yeah. Um, the intro to that also, The Last Dance, love the intro. Absolute fire. What I realized even yeah. more so as these keep going, and I hate, hate, because shows are so uncreative and going into the MJ LeBron debate, and it spurred a thousand more retakes on this. But oh, MJ yeah. and LeBron are so much alike in the way their careers progressed in criticism. Like, just hearing, like, oh, MJ's not going to come into the league and change the league. LeBron, he's not going to come in at 18 and change the league. They obviously did. He can't get his team. Like, they were saying about MJ, like, he can't lead his team to a championship. Same thing with LeBron. He can't lead his team to a championship. Oh, he can't get his teammates involved, which was also crazy that they were, like, in game four or five, whatever, MJ learned how to pass when he averaged 11 assists in that Lakers series, but whatever. (laughs) It's like the criticisms are all – there's so much similarity between the two. It is honestly crazy. It's like just rinse, wash, and repeat with like the media digestive of the two greatest players ever in two separate eras. Yeah, exactly. Separated by like 25, 30 years. Um, yeah, it's crazy. You're right. It really is very similar. It's like Jordan, everyone knew he was the best player in the league, but they're like, he's not a winner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was like he'd been in the league for like four years. <laughs> win, right? Slow down. Yeah. And he, went, and he joined a broken Chicago Bulls team that was selling more out for, like, like tiny little, like, circus events. Yeah, and competing against teams at a time, like the Celtics, that Celtics team when he first got into league, yeah. he's considered, like, one of the best teams ever. And it's like he's he's on a team that is clearly rebuilding because they were an absolute circus joke. <laughs> um, yeah. And, like, oh, my bad, he's not absolutely able to – same thing with LeBron, though, like, the Cleveland was oh, yeah. absolutely rebuilding, and everybody's like, "Why can't he win?" And he was running up against like the big three in Boston, and, like other teams, and I was like, "Give it, a- calm down, yeah. guys. He's the best player in the world. They're gonna figure it out." Yeah, why can't he win? Um, because he's going against Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? They have like they're like the Bill Belichick. They're like the Patriots. I mean, what do you what do you mean? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, it's been a super super interesting documentary. Thank God. ESPN decided yeah. to bring this back because it does give us something to watch. Um, that's all kind of had on those two episodes. I don't know if you drew anything else from it, but it's just fun to watch. Um, yeah, it's fun to watch. Dennis Robin, poor guy, he just looks like hell. Um, you know, when he was talking about his event with the Pistons, he like made a comment. You know, I was going through like a real rough time. I'm like, dude, it looks like you're going through a real rough time right now. Like, he looks, he looks bad. I mean, he always, he's always, he's looked bad. You know, since he pretty much retired, obviously dealt with a lot of issues in his life but um yeah it's been an awesome show i'm glad that it's on because i look forward to it every every week yeah he looks like he's still going to do shit and carmen electric still looks insane oh my god good. like talk about my... just a flex <laughs> she's kind of just been hiding for years that's all i was like holy shit and then i look up how old she was i was like oh my god <laughs> I did the same thing. I think everybody in America collectively went on to like Google and just immediately typed in <laughs> Karma Electra. Like, how the hell does she still look like that? Like, just the yeah. ultimate flex. Oh, um, yeah. Any final thoughts before we uh, wrap this bad boy up? 
Uh, nothing really. You? I got two. I'm giving a shout because oh. I just wrote a blog recently about things you could stream on Netflix, but I got two shout-outs uh-huh. for – if you're looking for a show or okay. shows – one show I've been mm-hmm. crazy impressed with, the season finale is, we're recording this tonight on a Wednesday, so it just happened, Dave on FX, The Little Dicky Show, phenomenal okay. watch. I'm a huge Dave, Little Dicky fan, and that show is exactly what I thought it would be. It's funny, it's thoughtful, the characters are fantastic, Kevin Hart helped produces it, like it is a spot on show. Um, and the other one, The Last Kingdom on Netflix. For people who have not seen this, I feel like this show is criminally underrated. Um, yep. I'm not saying it's the greatest show ever made, but when we're stuck in quarantine, if you're looking for a new show, the season four just came out worth a watch. The first episode and a half are a little brutal, but they're like very necessary to promote a very good storyline, but also another very good show. So just giving the people a little, little what I'm watching right now. Yeah. Um, one final thought for me. Oh, rough stuff. Did you see Alex Smith's leg? No, I compl- I no- I saw a headline and I completely went right past it. <laughs> oh, I hate oh, it's like brutal, that. dude. So do I. Like I have a broken bone phobia. Honestly, if if I ever have the Alex Smith and injury, literally euthanize me, put me down, <laughs> kill me. I I swear to God, if I woke up and I saw my leg like that, I think I would. I think I'd drop dead. The Kevin Ware Louisville injury changed me oh. for life and. From that oh. moment onward, I refuse to look at any of that stuff. I'm like, not a chance. Oh, like, yeah. If I know ahead of time and I don't have to watch it in real time, I don't end up clicking on it. So I saw the headline, but oh, right. I did not click on Alex Smith's leg for that exact reason. Unfortunately, I, I, come up, <laughs> I can't believe you, have, you don't come across it just scrolling on Twitter because that's where I see it. I'm like, oh, fuck. No, yeah. I just saw like cool. an article headline and just moved right past it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't need to see it, trust me. <laughs> All righty. Well, that'll do it for us this week. As always, peace.